Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Again, at verse number 11, appreciate the, the song this morning. It was on my heart all day yesterday. It's, the truth of God's Word just continued to, to grow in my soul. It's in the book of Matthew where, he, where Jesus was trying to get him to understand the importance of trusting Him and that there was nothing they would go through that He wouldn't provide for. And I'm grateful today that, that He does watch even the smallest of things around us, His eyes on the bird. But he said, how much more, how much more does your father love you than the birds? What a wonderful truth. Ephesians chapter number two, trying our best to obey God this morning, so you pray for us. I want to do what he'd have us to do. Seemed like there were so many different things in our heart, but I want to trust him right now for this this passage of scripture and pray today that if you're here and not ready to meet God, listen, this ain't, this isn't about trying to teach you Bible doctrine or religion. This is about presenting the gospel in hopes that you'll believe it and be saved. Uh, I want you to know that there's an end out there that for the wicked will be a punishment and a torment in that awful place. And you know, people say, well, you don't need to share that with people. You're liable to scare somebody. I wish to God I had the power to truly scare somebody to that point. But I'll tell you, when it happened to me, I was scared. Uh, when the Holy Spirit of God revealed to me, and I mean within an instant, revealed to me that if I didn't call on God, I was going to hell. I got scared. And I suppose I'm grateful to God for the fear, the fear of God that bringeth wisdom. Trust that you'll pray this morning as we read Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 11 is where we'll begin. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers, from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now, but now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. Who hath broke made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were far off 
and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Bow with us. Father, thank you for your word. We humbly surrender ourselves, asking for the unction of your spirit and the liberty. We trust that you'll speak. God, may your word live, and may it touch the hearts of all that hear it. We're trusting this as we ask it earnestly in Jesus' name. Amen. Three times in the few verses that we read to you this morning, you see the word peace. I was reminded from the book of John chapter 14, and I quoted it this morning, and I want to share it again. John fourteen twenty-seven. Jesus said, My peace give I unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. He said, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of God, the Bible said, passeth all understanding. There's a lot of people today that are living in a torment. It dwells within their minds and then quickly proceeds to the heart. They're restless. They're ill-content. They're unhappy. They're simply unprepared to meet God. And until you know the peace, the peace of God, you see, until you know that, you'll not ever really have rest. You'll not really know what it means in this world to to have a contentment. To be able to look around you and not from the flesh be driven by its own lust and desire, everything of this world, thinking somehow that's going to bring me happiness. The truth is, is there's no happiness in this world apart from the peace of God. The peace of God that passeth all understanding. The peace of God that can settle upon a soul that's in, in the darkest of days. A peace that when grief is stricken and Maybe tragedy has been, Lord, brought near. A peace that seems to find its way in the heart of a believer and suddenly in the midst of the storm, they're able to say, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. I don't know your heart today, but I know this. Peace is not something you have without Christ. I said it earlier, and I'm going to say it again, just as uh, the launching pad this morning for the text. A man that thinks he can make peace with God on his own has made a mistake. You've misunderstood what Christ did. You've misunderstood the problem, really. Some today, in their own pride and arrogance, it's really their own desire to remain as they are and not be changed. They like to think that one day I'll make peace with God. One day when I'm done with this or I'm finished with that or I've done all of these things that I want to do, then I'll just make peace with God. That making peace with God somehow is more about you 
than it is him. And that's where the error begins. Is when you think that being right with God revolves around what you do. May I say today, if God hadn't sent his son, we could beat on the door of the ark of salvation all day long, but let me be clear, it will not open. It was by the mercy of God that I got saved one day. And let me be clear, I didn't make peace with God. He made peace with me. I'm glad today that it's not the will of God that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying that God wants to give you his peace. You can try all day long to make peace with God. But brother, until the peace of God comes to you, you can't have peace. Because it ain't of your peace. It's of his. The apostle Paul would dig deep in this chapter in Ephesians to explain this. Three times in these six or seven verses that we read to you, you find the word peace. The apostle's trying to explain what this peace is about. And the best I can tell, the important part, as he begins this, verse number 11, is to try to remind you and I of who we really are. Now, if you think for a minute that you've got some, some corner on how salvation works apart from the blood of Jesus Christ, Friend, listen to me today. You're going to go to hell without Jesus. It ain't about you. It's about him. And I don't know anybody that ever truly got born again that wasn't first drawn by the spirit of this holy God. I don't know anybody today that had ever been born again to whom he didn't come to them. According to Isaiah, the Bible said that there's none of us that were looking for God. There's none been seeking after God. The Bible said in the book of Romans that none seeketh after him. If the Bible is clear about your and I position, we'll never go looking for God. He's got to come looking for us. The lost. Lost people are perfectly content to live in their sinful Fleshly ways. Why, it's just as foreign to a lost person for you to introduce them to Jesus Christ as if they'd never heard of his name before. What it comes down to, friend, is that there has to, there has to be a knowing, a remembering of who we are. Verse number 11, the Apostle Paul says clearly, wherefore, remember... And I want to do that this morning the best I can. I'm not going to tell anybody's testimony today. Uh, You've got a testimony if you've been born again. And that testimony consists of something very simple. The blind man said it like this. He said, I was once blind, but now I see. There's been a change made in me. The man that was healed that day of, of the leprosy, He was able to declare that I was once unclean and defiled, but now I am clean. And I'm able today to tell you that through the power of 
God's Spirit and His Word that I was once lost, but now I'm saved. But just because I'm saved does not mean that I have forgotten who I was. There is a clear remembrance of sin that is present within my flesh. And some say, I wish I could forget those things that I did. Some think that maybe having no remembrance of who they were and what they did, maybe the wickedness that they had had done and the vileness or the shameful things that had been done in this body before you were saved. May I say today, even though those uh, represent great regrets in your life, may I say they also are the things that we need to remember because when it comes right down to it, it is the memory of who I was that reminds me of who I am and who I will be. The remembrance of this truth that I was the one that was lost, you see. It wasn't my neighbor. It wasn't someone else. It was me that was the sinner before an almighty God. It was me that was the guilty one. I can't point the finger at someone else. It's me, O Lord, that stands in need of prayer. I'm the one. Oh, he said, remember who you once were. Remember that in time past ye were Gentiles in the flesh. Now, as far as I know, I'm looking at a bunch of Gentiles this morning. Don't expect anybody here truly of Jewish descent, but regardless, Christ has taken both Jew and Gentile and made them one. That's what Ephesians 2 is all about is how he has taken the Jew and the Gentile and by the work of Jesus Christ have made both the twain of them one, broken down the middle wall of partition between them, separated the laws of commandments in ordinances that had separated Jew from Gentile and God has made both one. You say, why? Because both were sinners and both needed to be saved and it was through the work of Jesus Christ that he would bring to pass salvation in a sinner. It wasn't you and it wasn't me. He said, wherefore, remember, you were Gentiles in the flesh. You were called the uncircumcision by those who are circumcised. You were without Christ. Most of us need not remember nothing more than that, than we were without Christ. Without Christ, what he said, we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, I don't know what else the apostle needed to say to maybe prick our heart and to remind us of who we was and who we were and how that we lived in sin. But listen, no man ever searched for God. No man is looking for God. Listen, it only occurs when God comes looking for you. Some say, I'll make my peace with God when I'm done. When I'm finished down here, when I'm tired of what I'm doing, I'll try to clean up my act and I'll try to go to church and I'll do this better and I'll turn over a new leaf. I want you to know that all of those things every man has thought and probably every man has said, but none of them will get you to God. Getting to the Lord Jesus Christ is by invitation only and apart from the Holy Spirit, you can't be saved today. It's not of men. 
We can't do this upon ourselves. We can't, we can't somehow just wish you into the family of God. Listen, when the Lord Jesus speaks to you, you better respond because that's the only peace that there really is. I want to share with us today just a few things about the peace of God. Number one, the Apostle Paul would say there in, in the Scripture that he is our peace. We find in, in this chapter in Ephesians that when the Lord would, would share with us his peace that the apostle, I believe, was able to bring it into a way that you and I would receive it, but also that it would convict us by his spirit. Verse number 14, he said, for he is our peace. Now, if you think today that somehow making peace with God is something we do, I want to just make sure we're clear about where peace comes from. The Bible said that Jesus is our peace. Verse number 13, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Just look at that verse and, and recognize, friend, that what took place was not you going to God. It wasn't you bringing the blood of Christ to yourself. But it was the Lord Jesus Christ who brought his blood to you. The Bible said you that were sometimes afar off have been made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, how can that be? I want you to know that it was the blood that settled the sin debt for you and me. It was the blood that cleared the way between you and God. It was the blood of Jesus Christ that paid the penalty I couldn't pay. It tore down the middle wall of partition. It opened up a place for me to get to God and yet God came to me. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I have been made now. You see, the action there, the working there is not what I did to get to God, but what he did to get to me. For he is our peace. Not a peace that we have within ourselves, but he is our peace. How can we in the flesh ever claim to have peace or no peace? Apart from Jesus Christ, verse number 14, he said, For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Jesus is our peace. Say, preacher, then I need to make peace with God. Listen, it's not yours to make. What God is asking of you today is for you to receive peace. The only peace that we truly have is if we have been made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, I don't understand what you're saying. Listen, if you ever understand the gospel and what he did for you, that's when conviction begins to have its true work. And what that is is Christ drawing you to himself. For he is our peace. Nothing else can be our peace. If you live in this world apart from Christ, let me be clear, there's no peace. You know this to be true. If you're sitting here this morning, a sinner among us that's unconverted, if you know in your heart you've never been born again, and listen, everybody in this room has been where you are. Ain't one of us that wasn't undone without God at some point. What I'm saying is, is that he had to come to me to save me. 
The night I got saved, I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't hunting for God. I didn't go to church because I loved God. I went to church because I had to. Somebody made me go. But something got a hold of me that night. There was something because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He was able to make me nigh to it. What the apostle would say in the book of Romans. Chapter number 10. They they, they call it the Romans road. But it's it's simply the truth of, of God's love toward you. And that he brings peace to you. The Bible said, but what saith it? What saith it? The word of faith. The Bible said it's nigh thee. Even in your mouth and in your heart. You say, where'd that word come from, man? He brought it to me. See, ain't anything good that I've done. You say, I might have known a Bible verse when I got saved. I doubt it. There might have been something that I could have told you about Christ, but it wouldn't have been very clear. The day that I got saved, you see, was when the word of God was made nigh to me. You say, how'd it get to you? He brought it. He did the work. I can't save myself. It's not within me to save myself. If it was, then I could make peace with God. But brother, God had to bring peace to me. And he's brought peace to many of you here. Some of you here rest in the peace of God right now. Some of you are going through the hardest things that you've ever been through. And the only thing you're holding on to is that peace that's way down inside. And you say, he is my peace. Oh, it's not circumstances that bring peace. No, it's a person It's not the things of this world. It's not the situations of life. It's not the cares or the non-cares. It's the fact that Jesus Christ lives in me and he is our peace. I've been made nigh to Christ. Made nigh. Get that? By the blood of his cross. The shed blood of Jesus Christ. He is our peace. He hath broken down the middle wall of partition. He hath separated that which was between us and God. You can brag all you want to, friend, but you didn't get saved on your own. There's somebody hunted you down. And there's somebody arrested your soul. There's somebody terrified your spirit. And you woke up and your conscience was aware at that moment that you was undone without God. And you cried out, you cried out, you cried out and said, God save me. You don't get saved on your own. We live in a time, a culture of easy believism. We live in a day when all you've got to do is raise your hand. All you've got to do is repeat a prayer after me. All you've got to do is to agree to be a good church member and to give a tithe. And I say to you today, that's not how you get born again. It never has been. It never will be. 
If God intended for that to be the way a soul was born again, then he would have given us clear instruction on how to get you there. But what he told us was is the only way is you must be drawn of the Holy Spirit. You can't get saved until the Spirit's involved. Salvation ain't about a decision. It's about a transformation. A conversion. Ain't no wonder lost people are confused. They watch what goes on and they think somehow that being born again is about them. Listen, being saved ain't about you. Because I can guarantee you 100% you'll never get born again until Jesus comes to you. That's why it is such a terrifying experience. Why it is such an ordeal, friend, when the Holy Spirit of God is working among us and drawing someone and they don't come. You may leave here and never get another invitation. You're messing around with something you think you have control of. Listen, your eternal destiny is in his hand. It ain't in yours. It won't happen according to your watch. It ain't going to happen on your time. It ain't going to happen when you want it to. When the Holy Ghost of God comes to you and reveals to you that you're lost, that's the day you better get saved. You better heed to the call of God. You say, how come? For he's our peace. He is our peace. You'll not have no peace any other way. Verse number 15, it goes, the apostle, from saying, for he is our peace, to being very clear that he made peace. He made the peace. Not you. I don't know about you, but that's some relief to me. But it ain't up to me to figure out how to make peace with God. Hallelujah. He don't require that of me. Amen. I ain't smart enough to figure it out anyhow. He didn't require me to come up with the way to get to God. (laughs) Hallelujah for that. What he did was he made peace with me. How in the world could God ever make peace with such a wretched and vile person as you? See, there's only one way. For he is our peace. The Lamb of God that shed his blood on Calvary that day made peace for me. He made peace. What peace, you say? I'd violated the laws of a God that's holy. I was in the darkness and depravity of my own sin. I had no way out. No help for it. But he reached way below the bottom that night when he came for me. He reached way down into the sin of this world to rescue me. You say, preacher, why in the world do you love God? Because he first loved me. Amen. It ain't because of me. I never deserved it, never earned it. I love him because he loved me. He is our peace. 
And according to the apostle in verse number 15, he also made that peace. Let me read it. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. You see, it was God that made peace with me. I heard a story the other day. I feel like I need to share it. This man, he had went to visit this fellow, and they were sitting on the porch, and he looked out in the yard, and the man's, man's son was out there, and there was a little dog. That little dog would never left his side. Stayed right there and he'd play with it. And every time he'd walk off, the little dog follow him. And directly the man looked at him. He said, boy, he said, I ain't never seen a little dog love somebody like that one does. That guy looked at him. He said, I can tell you the story on that one. He said, our septic tank backed up one time. And he said, we went out there and dug her up. Got that thing open. He said, we were trying to figure out how to pump it what we were going to do. And he said, we'd gone in the house to get a drink. And he said, we hear a little dog start barking. And we didn't have a dog. He said, we come out there and kept listening, kept listening. We followed that sound till we got right to that septic tank, looked down in there, and there's a little dog down in there just swimming in that mess, trying to stay afloat. He said, oh, Lord. He said, that little dog's a goner. And the little boy said, no, Daddy, we got to save him. He said, I ain't getting down in that mess. He said, Daddy, we can't leave him down in there. We got to save him. He said, son, we can't reach him and the dog won't grab nothing. There ain't no way to get him out of there. And the little boy still wasn't here. But he said, Daddy, we got to help him. He said, well, I guess we could get a ladder. He said, but I ain't going down in there. And you know what the little boy said? He said, I'll go. He said, you'll go down in that mess. And he said, yeah, I'll go. And the little boy climbed down the ladder and right into that mess he went, right up to here. And he was reaching for that little dog. And that little dog, it kept trying to stay away from him, afraid he was going. And every time he'd reach his hand for him, the little dog tried to bite him. I'll tell you right now, you wasn't after no salvation. He is after you. He's trying to rescue you out of that mess. And you biting at him the whole time. Ain't that the truth? God trying to rescue me. He's trying to rescue you right now. And you still biting at him. Still trying to resist him. And he said that little boy wouldn't give up. Every time that dog would start trying to swim toward that ladder, he'd reach out for that dog. After about the third time, that little dog got close enough. He grabbed him by the collar. And the, and the man said he just pulled him in tight right like that and held him. Pretty soon that dog just gave up in it. And he climbed up out of that hole. And he said, buddy, ever since that day, that dog ain't left his side. You can't separate them two. He said, that dog loves that boy more than anything in this world. I just want you to know that I was the one that some time passed. I lived without Christ. I lived without God. I lived without hope. And he come down in this mess and he rescued me. Bless his holy name. I didn't make peace with God. He made it with me. He came to where I was. 
and he made peace. You see, the only thing that'll bring peace to your heart, friend, is Jesus today. For he is our peace. He, by breaking down that middle wall of partition, hath made peace for you and I. But lastly, look what the apostle said. He said that that he has came and preached peace. Not only is he our peace, not only has he, he made the peace, but he's come to preach the peace. Listen to me today. On the hills of Bethlehem one night, the Bible said there were some shepherds that were keeping watch over their flock. And suddenly it says there was an angel that said, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy. (laughs) That angel said, For unto you, ain't you glad of that? For unto you and unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe. You'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I like this next part. This tickles me to death. The Bible said, and suddenly, there was a multitude. They couldn't stand it no more. Amen. Oh, Gabriel, he had done said what he'd come to say, and the rest of them, they said, now it's our turn. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And what? (laughs) Who brought peace? Huh? Who was peace? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. And goodwill toward men. Who was peace? <laughs> Is the one Gabriel was talking about. It was that babe they'd find wrapped in swaddling clothes. Hey man, it was the incarnate Son of God who was making peace for you and me. He came to bring peace to our heart. And so we find. So we find in verse number 17, let me read 16. Boy, I can't already skip over some of these. They're good. Verse number 16, it says, And that he might reconcile both unto God, meaning Jew and the Gentile, he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Now, the enmity is opposite peace. Enmity means the opposite of peace. Enmity is the hatred and despising of. And that's where we were. 
Before he reconciled us, that's where we were. In our sins, we were the despised of God. But because he loved us, he sent his son. And his son is our peace. And his son hath made peace. But then his son came and preached peace. Verse number 17. After he had slain the enmity thereby, it says, and came and preached peace to you who were far off and to them that were nigh. It seems to me that every time I read this whole thing about peace, that he's the one doing it, not me. When you find the action in this, he is the one doing the work, not me. There was a day, a blessed day, or a glad day, when somebody preached peace to my soul. Don't try to fool me, because I've been where you are. If you're fooling anybody, it's yourself. The reason you don't have peace is because you don't have Christ. You say, preacher, I'd have peace if I had more money. No way. That will never work, never has, never will. Peace don't bring money. Money don't bring peace. No. The Bible said that he came and he preached peace to me. I'll tell you right now, the instant I recognized I was lost, I was terrified. There was a fear in my soul that wasn't there two seconds before. And in my own heart, I knew that I was lost without God. You say, how would you know? He came and he revealed to me that I was lost. Now, that's my story. But I've heard this man's story. In a hotel room, if I remember. Who came for who that night? Did he bring any peace with him? Oh, I found it that night, Virginia. I found the treasure of all treasures. I found the peace that passeth all understanding. The very instant I bowed my sinful self. Before the Lamb of God said, I'm sorry. Save me. Just like that. The fear was gone. And peace and joy filled its place. Say, preacher, I ain't ready to get right with God this morning. I ain't ready to make peace with God. Good thing, because it ain't about you. You never could make peace with God anyhow. The only peace that was ever made, God did the making. Through Jesus Christ today, we have come to preach peace to you. Peace for your troubled soul. Peace for your worried mind. Peace for your heart that has found no rest in this world. 
a peace that passeth all understanding, a peace that he gives not as the world gives, but as Christ gives. He is our peace. He made our peace, and he preaches our peace. And he is telling you today, you don't have to live without peace. If he's come for you today, I say, I want to be careful with this invitation. I don't know if this is your day or it ain't your day. I don't know what God's doing in you or what he's not doing in you. Salvation's a personal deal. You get saved, he'll come to you. And he won't ask me for permission. But I can tell you this, he loves you. He reached way down below the bottom, didn't he, Alfred? You biting at him all the time, pushing him away. And still he wretched for you again and again. Oh, thank God for the day he finally got a hold of you. Wrapped you up in his arms. And that day I traded peace for my sin. Oh, I got something that would never forsake me then. The peace that he offers today, friend, it ain't of this world. And you can't manufacture it yourself. Come get a song. You spend the rest of your life searching for peace. And it'll be a lost treasure. When you leave this world, you'll never know it. Until you answer the call of the preaching, his peace. He came and preached peace unto them who were sometime afar off. What Jesus is offering you today is not, he's not condemning, aren't you glad? He told Nicodemus, he said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. No, he said, I came to save it. The gospel message today, friend, is peace. Will you know it? Will you know him? The simple question is, are you going to sit right there and do nothing? Are you going to resist God today? Are you going to push God away? He's reaching for you. You're right in the middle of your mess, and you know you can't get out of it. He just wants you to stop. Stop resisting. Just come to him. Just come. You can have peace today. You can lay your head on your pillow tonight, close your eyes and say, I know, I know, I know that if I don't wake up, I'm going to be in glory. I tell you, that's peace, brother. That is peace. Peace like a river. I don't know your heart this morning at all, but I invite you to come know Christ. Come know Jesus. Start playing if you would. I've tried to remember. It's been a long time ago since I was nine years old. And I've tried to remember every every detail of that moment because it probably wasn't that long. Seemed like it, but it wasn't that long from the time that I got under the conviction of the voice of God trying to help me. 
wasn't that long. But you know what I can't remember? Listen to me now. I can't remember a preacher ever giving an invitation that night. There wasn't even a message preached that night. There's a singing going on. The happy pilgrims from Dalton, Georgia were up here and they were having a time. I remember that. People in the church was having a time. I remember that. You remember that, Ken? Probably not. That was a long time ago. But you was here. Ruth, nobody gave a thought to me or what I was doing. And while they was all having a big time, he snuck right back after me. And you know who invited me? He said, I've got what you need. I know what you're after. I've got what you need. But nobody knew what was going on. Surprised my own mother when I slipped in beside her weeping. She looked down at me and asked me what was wrong. She didn't know. I said, I'm lost and I need to be saved. She just moved out of the way and said, I can't help you. You'll have to go to Jesus. You know who invited me? He came and he preached peace to my soul. And I got saved that night. And I've had peace because I've had Christ ever since. Would you like to have it today? If he's invited you, why don't you come? Why don't you get right with God today and say, then you can go home and say, God made peace with me. God made peace with me. He dealt with me until my heart was broken today. He dealt with me until I would get up and come and allow him to rescue me. Let him make peace in you today as we stand and sing. Invitation, would you come? Come to Christ. No peace today.